Coming up on this week's episode of Check Your Balances, we break down six private companies that we wish we had the opportunity to learn more about. Stick around. That's coming up next. Check Your Balances is a show produced and owned by Craftwork Capital. The views expressed by the hosts and their guests are personal opinions and should not be considered personal financial advice or the opinion of Craftwork Capital. All investments have risk and may lose money. Consult with your financial advisor, tax preparer, or attorney prior to implementing anything discussed, and please do not use this show as the sole basis for financial decisions. Welcome back to another week of Check Your Balances. I'm Ross Anderson, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Dan Maseka. Dan, good to see you, bud. Good to see you. Happy football season. Absolutely. The Commanders, the Washington Commanders are 1-0 all time. Undefeated. Undefeated. Have not been beat. Greatest winning percentage in the history of football. Oh, what what a time to be alive. This is uh, This is good stuff. Now, I did see they had a merch problem over the weekend that people found in the stadiums. It was a Washington Commanders logo. It was the big W and a picture of Washington State behind it on a coffee mug. Oh Who approved God. that? I guess technically that, that could be could be correct, except it's in the wrong context. No, it's completely wrong. Some oh, I they're such a frustrating organization. They are a very tough group of of because uh, I it's just tough to be a fan because I hate the ownership so much and at the same time I want to feel like I'm above it for some reason but they're they're just consistently so embarrassing but they were either way that one and inside inside the stadium they had that merch not Correct. like some dude outside selling bootleg that was what the tweet said now again wow. I didn't see it it wasn't a first-hand account, but yeah, there's photos of an official Washington Commanders logo over top the state of Washington. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, they keep screwing up everything. Last year, I remember there was that sewage problem in the stadium for fans underneath like one of the, the overhangs just getting dumped on by what they didn't know what it was at the time, but sewage. I went to one game last year, and from where I sat, I could see flooding in one of the luxury boxes. Like, oh my how does that keep happening? It's like watching a game from prison. <laughs> it's like the, the longest yard over there. Oh, it's awful. Anyway. Yet, the franchise is worth, I don't know how many billions of dollars. A lot. Qu- quite, quite a few. So, and I, not, to, not to give away what we're going to talk about later, because I think that will be on my list. But today, we've got a fun topic. We wanted to talk about private companies that we wish we had an opportunity to invest in. Now, I'm not going to say that we would invest in because maybe you as a private citizen out there in the world actually have an opportunity to invest in these companies for some reason or another. We can't see the financials here as a private company that is not listing to go public. This is just our list of companies that we observe, interact with, and deal with that given the chance... I would want to learn more and possibly make an investment. This comes up naturally in my life pretty frequently. As a young kid, I read the book One Up on Wall Street. And one of the things it says is it's the big old buy what you know, look around you, see what people are interacting with, what you're interacting with, and do your research. So oftentimes I'll see a company or a product that I enjoy and wonder who owns this this company. I'll do some Googling, see if it's publicly traded or private. 
And uh, that happens, I'd say, every couple weeks. I'll, 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 do, I'll hit the old Google machine and, uh, and do some research. So when you brought this up, I was like, this is a great, a great topic to discuss. All right, Dan, do you want to kick us off or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. So anybody that's known me for any length of time, this is an embarrassing thing really to admit on the air that people know about me, which is I have a deep love affair with Wegmans grocery stores. I'm not sure that I could move away from one. And that is my first choice for a private company that I wish that I could invest in or at least have the opportunity to. Wegmans grocery stores is a privately held company. They are based out of New York. And I can't remember when the first store came into Northern Virginia, but it's probably been at least a decade. And since then, they have clearly decided that this is a market they are very excited about. And they have opened many locations now, including they've got one in DC proper. They've got a bunch of them uh, around the area. And the one that I actually live close to is no longer like this massive flagship store. They've done some really big builds. I think it is a wonderful place to buy groceries. The thing is, when you look at somebody like a Whole Foods, and I think Whole Foods does a really nice job with their groceries in terms of like produce and meat. And, you know, they've been criticized in the past for being expensive and whatever. Um, since they merged with Amazon, have they brought some of that down and maybe lost some of the charm? Eh, that can be argued. But the thing about Whole Foods is Whole Foods, I always feel like I'm being judged. They're like, yeah, we're not going to sell you Coca Cola. We're going to sell you special R brand soda. And it just seemed like this high horse that I could never really get behind. And Wegmans, on the other hand, I think does a really nice job of kind of having the trust factor of, I think that their product is good. I think their produce and their meats are good. But then if I want to buy a bag of Oreos, they're not going to judge me for it. And I really appreciate that about them. Yeah, it's a great shopping experience. And my earliest experiences with Wegmans were going and getting sandwiches from their little food court area, which was great. Yeah, they, they do a nice job. I think their food court is pretty expensive, but also uh, as on on the, kind of the investing side, they're consistently rated one of the 100 best companies to work for. So they were ranked number three in 2022 as top 100 companies to work for by Fortune. I think that they really do care about their people. I think that's one of the things that you get to do as a private company is maybe not be as ruthless with your cost cutting. Uh, and so by that respect, maybe it's a good thing that they're private, that they're not being kind of pressured by the street to get margins as low as they possibly, possibly, possibly can get them, or margins as high as they can get them, I should say. But they seem to do a really nice job both with their stores, with being good to their people, and it makes me a very happy shopper. I, I am a full-on Wegmans fan. I think for both private and public companies, if you are a happy customer, that is at least a good sign that you are looking at something worth evaluating for an investment. 100% agree. So I what? guess on that, on that theme, I, I had a theme of my private companies. I kept it local. I thought Maryland, D.C., Virginia kept a very small, small scope for my analysis. I think it's just because what I happened to be engaging with while you asked me the question. The day you asked me, I took a small trip out to Laurel, Maryland to a place called Total Wine and More, privately owned company based out of Bethesda, Maryland. And I love going to Total Wine and More. It is a great shopping experience. You can find anything you're looking for in the beer, wine, and liquor space. It is very cost-effective. The stores are clean, organized, and 
I don't think that space is going anywhere. There is always going to be a demand for alcohol. And Said the guy who runs a brewery. Exactly. That business I like. It's predictable. Small margins. I'm sure you're not getting anything crazy, but it is run like a machine. I like their footprint. I like the way they're growing their brand. I think I would look into that had I had the chance to, you know, to invest. That's an interesting one. And in Virginia, we don't have liquor stores uh, that are not state run. So Virginia has has only state run liquor stores. So Total Wine here is exclusively a beer and wine vendor. I also think they do a nice job. I, I particularly appreciate their recommendations and kind of that you seem to be able to get kind of a local boots on the ground feel. Uh, when you talk to their their staff, they're very informed. Uh, and there aren't many retailers where I would agree with that same sentiment and say, I could go in and ask a question of almost anybody there and feel really good about the answer that I'm going to get. Alternatively, I was in a Lowe's the other day. I asked <laughs> for something that Lowe's should have sold and two people kind of like shrugged at me. And it was like, what are you even doing here if you're not going to help me find the one thing I came in for? And I left frustrated as a total wine shopper. And I'm not there all the time, but that has been a good experience for me as well. As someone who owns a brewery, I know they engage with local brands. So they buy from local manufacturers. They feature them prominently in their stores. I like that clearly both as a brewery owner and as a shopper because I can find things that are unique to my area. And to your point, I know nothing about wine. I shop for wine when other people send me. So I'm always asking for guidance and they have always guided me in the right direction, which is impressive considering how many wines they carry, which is a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's either a deep level of knowledge or they are trained in a way to show off what they're actually featuring in a way that it's kind of uh, the faking of knowledge. But either way th- that they're doing it, I think it comes across as very effective. Yeah, as long as I believe it, we're good. All right, so my next one, we're sticking with the retail theme. This is a retailer that I think in many ways is iconic, uh, but maybe not thought of in as high of esteem as what I'm going to give them regard for. That's Ikea. When I go to an Ikea on the weekend, which admittedly is something I try not to do, you would think that they're giving away furniture. Like You can't get a parking spot. It is unbelievably busy. Ikea is, I believe, the largest private company in Sweden. That sounds likely. I I think it is. Uh, They do an unbelievable job of running really large stores really efficiently. As I kind of evolve as a consumer, I would prefer more substantial furniture pieces. But the number of things in my home today that have come from Ikea and have honestly stood the test of time much longer than I would have expected them to is is shocking. Uh, And so I, I think Ikea is a business that they have clearly figured out efficiency and customer preferences in a way that that is pretty rare. You know, I don't know that the Scandinavian design aesthetic is universally loved. It is for me. My, my mom is Finnish. Uh, and so I've always kind of gravitated towards that minimalist, slightly modern aesthetic. Uh, and so for me, Ikea kind of feels like going home in some ways, right? Like it, it just very much feels like uh, a familiar design style for me personally. But the efficiency and just how 
well they've done with organizing their stores and and how incredibly popular they seem to be on a day-to-day week-to-week basis i would love to learn more about or have the opportunity to invest in that type of business in a marketing class i took in college ikea was a case study of ours where we looked at their marketing because they own the fact that their stuff isn't supposed to last forever this is not a generational piece that you're going to hand down to your kids who are going to hand down to their kids i think the commercial we watched might have been a lamp and they humanized the lamp. So they they shot it in a way that this lamp had all sorts of emotions and stuff. And you grew very attached to it. And then it broke. And you feel really bad that this lamp has now like is gone. And then this guy walks off from the side and looks at you. He's like, it's just a lamp. Buy another one. And then like walks off. So they really own what they are. And I really enjoyed that. I went to the University of Maryland and College Park had an Ikea. And even if we didn't need stuff, we would go because it's an experience. It's something to do. You'd go eat the Swedish meatballs in the court, get lost in that enormous store and just see what happens to be there. So again, I think experience is a big part of powerful, strong brands. I do think it was funny. There was a news story. uh, I think this is a few years ago. Somebody got in trouble for going into the Ikea and pasting like arrows that were basically pointing in the wrong directions. Sending people into like a loop in the store so that they couldn't find their way out. And that is also very much what it feels like the intended experience is, is that you're in a loop and can't really find your way out. Obviously, there is a real flow to the stores, but that was a very funny news story to me, whether that's true or not, that somebody was just sending people in this like (laughs) complete maze of a path through the Ikeas. Yeah, it feels that way even, even when you're going the intended path. That's for sure. All right, Dan, what else you got? Another Maryland company? uh, This is a Virginia, Northern Virginia company. Probably the biggest company on my list, but that is the Mars Company. We all know and love them. Mars, the producer of chocolate candy, but they do a whole lot more than that. They have all sorts of brands, like pet food brands. They are a large manufacturer, distribute globally, based out of, yeah, like I said, Northern Virginia, longstanding business, very predictable product lines. And that is just a company I'd love to get under the hood and see how they're doing. Um, But family run since inception, uh, they have a pretty tight knit on that. Yeah, the thing about Mars that's fascinating to me is just like how different they are than Hershey, right? You've kind of got two major American chocolate manufacturers and Hershey, you look at them and they are a public company and they've got Hershey Park and Hershey, Pennsylvania, and they want you to come and like experience what it's like to be around the Hershey stuff. And like the Mars building, as far as I understand it, is like a nondescript, non-logoed, like, please leave us alone sort of operation where they're not trying to be a particularly public brand. Obviously, they've run plenty of ads for the M&M's products and and some of their other, you know, Skittles and, and some of the other things that they make. And they seem to want those brands to stand out front. But they, as a company, I think are very, very private and... If I'm not mistaken, the Mars family is the wealthiest family in Virginia. Yeah, that that sounds believable. So Mars was ranked the sixth largest privately held company in the U.S. McLean, Virginia is their headquarters. Quietly did $40 billion in sales in 2020. Not the corner shop. They They are a powerhouse. $40 billion. That is a big number. Yeah. And I think part of what I like about them is the pet space is particularly interesting to me. People love their pets. And so they're diversified in their product lines because, like I said, 
we engage with M&Ms and other candies like that, but they also do pet food. They own the Wrigley brands. It's, you know, there's a lot going on over there. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting business. I like that as a call. All right, here's my last one, Dan. We almost alluded to this earlier in our discussion of the one to know Washington Commanders, the National Football League. The NFL is a business that I would love to learn more about the financials of and or get to profit from. I look at the NFL and it seemed like a few years ago, there was a lot of pressure building against them on things like player safety. And I was hearing people make predictions that the NFL was like going to go out of business and that this is like, you know, a party that's almost over. That does not look to be the case. They are an absolute powerhouse in terms of TV ratings. They are unbelievably powerful. Do you realize the Emmys this year were on Monday night? Because I don't think NBC wanted to display Sunday night football. I believe Sunday night football is the highest rated NBC programming of the week. So much so that the Emmys get moved to a Monday. They are unbelievably powerful as an organization. And I would add that I think fantasy football and how ubiquitous that has become. And now another tailwind of sports betting becoming legalized in many states and that becoming much more widely adopted. I think that continues to drive eyeballs. And particularly, I think fantasy makes games that are not your home team more interesting. So where as a Washington Commanders fan, I used to watch like maybe a game a week. And now with a fantasy team, I might be interested in three or four different games that are going on or at least wanting to check updates because I just want to see how these other players on my fantasy team are doing. I think there is a lot of continued tailwind for the NFL. That's something that I would want to be invested in. Yeah, when you shared this one with me, I was like, well, that's the most obvious call that anyone could think of. It's perennial powerhouse. Regular season games are dominating the airwaves. I saw a stat that preseason football got better ratings than championship basketball, like NBA Finals basketball is trounced by preseason NFL football. People care that much and are so invested in the sport. And even though there are a lot of things kind of attacking the league, rightfully so, because of player safety and, you know, I think there are a lot of non-role models in the league right now that have been dominating headlines too. It's not turning people away. People keep tuning in to watch their teams. And I think the stuff you said is is really true. Everyone has a fantasy team. Even if you're not a football fan, you might have a fantasy football team that keeps you engaged. And certainly with sports betting uh, coming more into play in more states, you know, that's an easy way for people to engage, even if they don't care about the outcome of the of the team they love. Now, to be fair, some of this pick for me was inspired by the conversation that Chris Hill had with Mina Kimes for folks that are also uh, Motley Fool Money fans. So part of that, if that sounded familiar in terms of what I just mentioned, was a little bit driven by by her comments on that show, which I thought was great. I really think that the other thing about the NFL is just it's so hard to compete with, right? We're watching the PGA Tour right now completely have to scrap with live golf. Now, regardless of how people feel about that particular conflict, all that has to happen to compete with the PGA Tour is that you get players of note to show up, right? It's not that labor intensive of a production or a setup. You just need to create a tournament and get people that people, you know, the fans want to watch essentially to show up and you can potentially put on a competing golf tournament. To staff an NFL team 
which is a roster of 53, let's call them all relatively highly paid players, down from the 90 they bring into training camp, plus these coaching staffs. I mean, it it would be, it's just so expensive to do and to do it well, or at least at a borderline competitive level with the NFL, I think would just be almost impossible. And so even as you've watched some of the XFL and Canadian Football League and just some of these other programs, they are clearly not anywhere close to what the NFL does on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, it's not for lack of effort. People have tried to take it to the NFL, the XFL through two iterations. I remember as a kid, it came up and there was some excitement for a brief period of time about that. I think they actually completed a season or more back in the day. And then the XFL came back in 2019, I want to say, and promptly got shut down because of COVID. But I think they were on the way out regardless. Yeah, I mean, just what what a what a moat, right? Like if you're if you're thinking about moat in terms of business, I think that's a very very tough wall to climb. What the NFL has built, that's a great word. Moat is something you want to think about, private and public companies included, uh, to see who can attack their business strength and come and try to take market share from them. And we've seen that the NFL is an impenetrable force when it comes to that. Definitely. All right, coming in on the sixth spot. What do you got, Dan? My last one. This might not be a household brand. I'm keeping it Maryland again. And as you know, if you've listened for the long haul, I am a guitar player. There is a company based out of Annapolis, Maryland called Paul Reed Smith. They make very high quality custom built guitars. I love their product. I love that it's a local Maryland company. I have played them. I know everyone who plays them and takes pride in them. What I like is they have kind of a barbelled hold on uh, the guitar market. So again, if you're talking high end, it's very hard to beat what they put out from their Annapolis factory. But you can also get entry level PRS guitars. And people take a lot of pride in those too. They love playing them. They have very high reviews and marks. So I like a company that can tackle both sides of the market. I would love to see what kind of business they're doing and how they're interacting with their, their manufacturers overseas. The lower quality guitars or on the low end of the spectrum, are made overseas in Asia, while their high end are made right here, Annapolis, Maryland. I like that pick. That is, I think, kind of a boutique business that probably won't ever be doing billions and billions of dollars in terms of revenue, but certainly could be doing very profitable business on a regular basis. And the, the nice thing about being a retail investor or not a you know, Warren Buffett sized investors that you don't necessarily need the business to become enormous for it to be very attractive and very profitable. You can stay in your lane, you can do something very well and efficiently and still be a great investment as uh, I think that they could be. Yeah, the thing about them is it's they were founded in 1985. So a relatively young company, um, you know, certainly not new. I have no sense of what kind of sales they're doing, what kind of revenue a company like that may generate. Like I couldn't even pick a number that would be reasonable. But their brand is so ubiquitous across guitar players. So you can find people overseas, domestic, at all skill levels who know PRS and put that name up with Fender and Gibson, which I think are probably two of the most storied electric guitar manufacturers at least. So there are a lot of questions I have. I still need to make it out to the factory to see it in person. Uh, which I'm looking forward to doing soon. Well, there it is. Our six picks on private companies that we wish we had at a minimum the opportunity to learn more about and potentially invest in. 
we did this really as a view on kind of what we think about when we're looking at opportunity sets uh, and in a way that we could kind of talk about these freely on the show because we are limited in terms of kind of how we talk about public companies, unfortunately, in our particular field. We hope this was entertaining. If you've got questions, companies you think we should have been talking about, we would love to hear from you. Check your balances at Outlook.com is the email address. Yeah, let's hear your picks. Send them over. Whether they're big companies that we know about or just something that struck you in your local neighborhood, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the way you're looking at businesses around you. Thanks for tuning in this week. We will catch you all next time. <laughs>